everybody. Fixed on being with the Lord one day. If it is, boy, your actions will definitely be showing it, won't they? The things that you say and the way that you act will definitely uh, show the way that you feel in your heart. Uh, if you're here today and you're a guest, I want to say welcome. We are so glad that you are here, and we hope that thus far our worship has been in spirit and truth and has been according to what God uh, commands us to do. This morning, I want to continue our thoughts on the concept peace. You know, that's a word that just sounds right, doesn't it? When you think about the word peace, it's something that just sounds good, especially in our lives. And I've said this before in these lessons, and I want us to just think about it again. We all strive for it, don't we? We all uh, try to hold on to peace in our lives, but sometimes it's hard, isn't it? It's harder than we think sometimes uh, that we deal with struggles in our lives, we deal with heartaches, we deal with confusion, we deal with all these different uh, issues in our lives and, and we find ourselves missing out on this concept of peace. You know, uh, the, the last two lessons we've looked at, we looked at on how we as Christians can not only have peace, but continue to have it. Not just have it one time, but have it all the time. We talked about where real peace was found. And brethren, we know this. We know that only real peace comes in Christ Jesus. Amen? Only real peace comes with the relationship with Christ. And we considered how to continue in that peace. And uh, when we need it the most. And we do that by making sure that our lives are right. We make sure that our focus is where it needs to be at, where our training is dedicated. Are we training ourselves to think spiritually or are we thinking fleshly? You know, knowing that through the study of God's word and applying it to our lives, when trials come, when the temptation, when the temptations arise, we are equipped like the little kids here up at FH Kids every week say, that we are equipped and ready for every good work, 2 Timothy 3.17. What a blessing for them to know that, and what a blessing for us to know that as well. Amen? So this week I want to continue this thought of peace and how we as Christians children of God can directly affect the peace of one another. How we can affect the peace of one another. See, that's a big deal, isn't it? I want to continue to help you have peace in your life. I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want to be a stumbling block, and I don't think anybody in here would have that in their minds. But the sad thing is sometimes, maybe not even knowing it, we become exactly that, a stumbling block. Something that causes somebody's life to not be peaceful anymore, but to be at war, to have anger, 
to have frustration, to have sin, whatever those things are in their lives that keep them from having peace, we may be the cause of some of that. And I want to do this, I want to talk about this by going to the words of the king. I want to do it by listening to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. What can he tell us? What can he say that will make our lives better when it comes to having peace within our lives, within ourselves, and towards the brethren? Let's read Mark chapter 9, verses 42 and 50. The Bible says, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to have, better for you to enter life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Sorry about that, Michael. Is it on now? Okay. At the end of verse 50, Jesus says, and have peace with one another. How do we do that? How can we have peace with each other? I want to go ahead and answer that question, and then I want us to search it out. We do that by making sure our salt has flavor. <laughs> making sure that our salt has flavor. Now, I want to talk about that, and I want us to just dive into this thought for just a few minutes. A little bit of background on this salt concept. In verse 49, look what the Bible says. It tells us that every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Follow along with me. If, if you let me build this up, I promise at the end, I'll hit you with a big, oh man, that was great, I hope. That's what I'm hoping for, all right? I'm hoping for that one, okay? I'm gonna build this all up. I'm gonna put it all together. And then at the end, when you walk out, I want you to say, man, you pulled that all together really well, right? I hope. That's what my aim is, okay? But look at what it says. It says that... Every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Jesus is referring to the Old Testament. He's referring to the law of Moses and how all sacrifice offered unto God 
were to be salted. Very interesting study if you think about it. Leviticus chapter 2, verse 13, the Bible says this, And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. And then we see in Numbers chapter 18, verse 19, it says, All the heave offerings of the holy things, which the children of Israel offer to the Lord, all the things that are offered to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as a ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. Think about this. The salt thought signifies, and I want you to remember this wording, a everlasting covenant. This is an everlasting agreement. Okay? In 2 Chronicles, Abijah, the king of Judah, he stands up and he talks to God's people, and this is what he says. Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever, to him and his sons by a covenant of salt? What we see is that salt was then, physically speaking, and is now very important. It's a very important concept in the mind of God. And in, in those in the first century listening to Jesus speaking understood exactly what he was talking about. And brethren, we know this in our time. If we put a little bit of salt on that food, boy, it changes the taste, don't it? Not too much, just that right amount. When we put the right amount of salt on there, the right amount of pepper, then we got, I mean, I got to have salt and pepper on my sausage biscuit. I just got to, right? But not too much, just the right amount. Two or three shakes, two or three shakes, and then I'm good, right? Just a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper, and now I've got an amazing sausage biscuit. Salt signifies an everlasting covenant, a pledge or an agreement between somebody. Think about that. When we obeyed the gospel, when we became a child of God, and we dedicated ourselves to do something. What do we dedicate ourselves to do? We, we dedicated ourselves to no longer follow ourselves, but to, to, to deny ourselves. Luke 9, 23 says, If anyone desires to come after me, what do they need to do? Deny their self, take up their cross, and follow me daily, is what Jesus says. Jesus says that we should be involved in an everlasting covenant. Now, brethren, the question this morning is, how's that going for you? How is that everlasting covenant going between you and God Almighty? Well, we're about to see. Just for a few minutes, don't think about your neighbor. Don't think about anybody else. Just think about yourself in your relationship to God, in your everlasting covenant that you've made with the Lord, this pledge or this agreement that you've made with the Lord. And let's just see how serious we take it. Jesus, in his teaching, he wants to see the way that he looks 
at our actions. He wants us to see just how big of a deal it is when we cause others to stumble. Have you ever stopped and thought about it? Have you ever stopped and thought about the things that you have said to somebody that may have not been what they were supposed to be? Have you ever thought about the way that your actions have been shown around people, the example that you have set for people, and what may have triggered someone to act not according to God's word? Brother James said it right, and I appreciate the teenagers uh, being up here, the middle school and the high schools being with these little bitty kids because what an example they set for the little ones to see the importance of God's word. I mean, what a blessing. Little Ethan singing the, the New Testament song. Man, he knows the books of the Bible better than me. A little bitty baby. How awesome that is. But are we doing the things that we're supposed to do as parents, as mentors, as grandparents, as co-workers? Are we doing the things that we're supposed to do to keep people from stumbling? Especially when it comes to God's people. Think about this. What flavor, what does flavored salt look like? Let's think about this for just a minute. Look in verse 42. Look at what the Bible says. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. What a drastic analogy. (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? Jesus in the context, and back in verse 36, look at what it says in Mark 9, 36. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he began to speak. So here's Jesus speaking with a child in his hand. And what does he say? Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to, and we know what he says. But think about, let's just settle in right here for a minute. Brethren, if you're struggling to know if God loves you, if you're struggling to know if he really cares for you, be comforted to know this. Jesus says, don't mess with my kids. How about that? Huh? He had this little one in his hand. What is Jesus, the master teacher, doing? He's trying to bring this thought for people looking at him, at who his loved ones are. He loves you just like a child does. I can guarantee you, if you went and tried to rip one of these little babies out of their mama's hand, you'd see a fierce animal come out. You're not messing with nobody's kid. Am I right about it? You're not messing with nobody's kid. If you try to do something to my kid, well, I'm about to, hey, hold on, wait a minute. Let's talk about that for a minute. I can't believe you would try to jerk their arm. I can't believe that you would try to tell them to do. We all know that, and we can all feel that, and we all understand that. But here's the beauty of what Jesus is trying to teach early on in this. He's saying, I love my children. 
But brethren, have we fallen victim to this? Have we in some shape or form been a part of causing a brother or a sister in Christ to stumble? See, the right flavored salt thinks about the family of God. See, the right flavored salt looks out for the family of God. You know, it's so easy, it's so easy for us to grumble and complain with each other. But the danger of that, brethren, is we can become so discouraged biting each other that when we go into the world, we're not as powerful as we should be. It ought not be so. It ought not be. You may not think that you're causing somebody to stumble. Maybe because you've, I love this word that Sammy's given me, desensitized yourself from it. You've done it for so long that it just feels normal. Sit back, think about the way that you act. Think about the way that you talk. Think about the things that you say and the way that you say them. Are they detrimental or are they building up? We've talked about the words and the way that we should speak to each other. But think about this. What kind of flavor do we have on our salt? Jesus thinks it's a pretty big deal. Big enough to say that it would be better for you to tie a rock around your neck and jump off into the ocean than to mess with my little ones. That's the guy I want to stand behind. How about you? That's the guy I want protecting me. That's the one I want always by my side. The one who can take care of me. The one who can help me when I'm down. The one who will never leave me. The one who will never desert me. How do I know that? Because I just feel it? No, because God's word tells me that. Why do we hold fast to this, brethren? Why do we listen to this? Why do we study this? Because we believe it. And when we believe it, then we should take it for what it says. We should be very careful how we talk to the brethren. We should be very careful the way that we act towards the brethren. Look at what he says. He says, if your hand, if your foot, verses 43 and 48. He says, if your eyes cause you to sin it would be better to cut them off. Yes, he's given a big illustration. He's given a big thought for this. Does Jesus really want us to cut off our limbs? Does he really want us to pluck our eyes out? What is Jesus trying to do? He's trying to get us to realize how serious of a situation it is. How serious it is, and how powerful our influence is on others. It would be better to cut those pieces off of your body than to cause yourself to continue a path that will lead to a place that people ain't trying to talk about no more. People ain't trying to talk about this no more. Why? It's real. 
You want to know where I don't want to go one day? You want to know a place where I don't want to be at? I want to, don't want to be at this place where the worm doesn't die and where the fire is not quenched. How about you? The stumbling blocks, brethren, within us are the things that destroy peace among the brethren. Now think about that one for a minute. Now think about how important it is for us to discipline our bodies. Think about how important it is for us to be involved in prayer continuously, to pray without ceasing. Think about now how important it is for me to dig into God's Word and understand what I need to be doing. Brethren, if I'm not doing these things, I'm putting a big, big scare on my life because now I'm giving Satan the opportunity. And boy, he will get you. He don't like you. He can't stand you. He wants to put every thought of doubt in your mind that what you're doing is just a joke. It's just a joke. It feels good to make fun of people. It feels good to gossip. It feels good to do those types of things. It feels good to just do whatever I want. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because I'm doing me. The stumbling blocks within us are the things that destroy peace among brethren and are what puts us on a path that leads to everlasting torment if we're not careful to bring our lives into subjection. What a warning. What a warning. It goes right along with what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 11. Think about what he says. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to do what? To be well-pleasing to him. Why am I trying to be well-pleasing to him? Because we all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Each one may receive the things done in the body. You may not think that what you're doing, those little things, those uh, little sins, and them little maybe uh, white sin, you know, the, the little white lie that you tell, you know, the, the things that you may not think are real, uh, real bad. Look, I mean, I don't murder, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a murderer. I mean, I, I'm not even a thief. I mean, those are some pretty bad ones. But what we have to realize is that we are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day and we're going to receive the things done in the body according to what we've done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, Paul says, we persuade men. The terror of the Lord Understanding one day when you stand in front of that judgment, as hardcore as you are, as tough as you are, you are going to stand in awe and it's going to be too late. It's an amazing thing that we're going to be beholding. We won't be able to justify ourselves. We won't be able to work our way out of it. We won't be able to lie our way into the correct thinking to try and make God say, oh, yeah, well, you're right. You know what? I appreciate you explaining that to me. No, it's not going to work like that. Paul says we persuade men because this is a serious subject. 
And right now in the context, Jesus is telling the ones around him, he's telling the disciples, it's better for you to take off this limb. It's better for you to pluck out your eye if those things are causing you to make people stumble. What are we watching on TV, brethren? Where are we taking ourselves? What are we involved in? What are we touching with our hands, brethren? What are those things? The last thing to consider is, does your salt have any flavor? What is Jesus talking about? When he says in verse 49 that everyone will be seasoned with fire. Brethren, we have to know this, that we are all going to be tested. We are all going to have trials. But the beauty of this verse, Jesus is again talking about the law of Moses and all the offerings, all the offerings that... uh, had to be put up on the altar, had two things that needed to be done to them. They needed salt and they needed fire. That's how the sacrificial system worked. But the picture, and here it is, if you haven't heard anything else, here's the big wow. And I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're excited. Ben's really excited for it up here. So I'm about to give it to you. The picture that we need to see from this is we are going to be put to the test. The opportunities to sin will put our will and our love for Jesus to the test. But see, disciples, disciples must be seasoned with salt like the sacrifice. Trials are the testing process. But do we love Jesus more or do we love ourselves? See, the beginning of verse 50 says this, salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Verse 50 shows us that we lose our saltiness. (laughs) We lose our flavor when we're not cutting off what is causing us to sin. What have we put off? Have we put anything on? Do we even care anymore? Have we become so used to living this way, saying the things how we say it, uh, doing the things that we've always done that we cannot change? Brethren, it ought not be. We need to re Evaluate our lives on a constant basis. Remember, our salt is our everlasting covenant with Jesus. You remember? Our unwavering allegiance to Him. Don't we all feel that? Don't you have an unwavering allegiance to Jesus Christ? Boy, I do. I'm going to say it. I had not said it in a while. I am proud. I stand before you proud. To be an ambassador of the king. How about you? Man. The things that I've done in my life. The way that I've treated people. The things that I've said. Have been washed away. 
And he's allowed me to be a representative of his kingdom. That's unwavering allegiance to me. Whatever state I'm in. Isn't that what Paul said? I'm content. No matter what I'm in, money, no money, job, no job, hard times, sickness, things that I'm confused on, I have an unwavering allegiance to the king because I know he loves me. I know he's there for me. You may think it's silly. You may think it's mad up here. I'll cry all the time when I think about Jesus. Because you know what? I was a wretched man and deserved death as my payment. But this guy stepped in and he took my place. And therefore, everything that I do, everything that I say is for him. Not for me. could care less. He's worth it. He's worthy to be praised. And it ain't no joke. I'm not following some fable. I'm following the Word of God. Boy, I've studied it out. Boy, I've tried to disprove it. Boy, I've tried to say, nah, that's not what it says. But over and over and over again, what do I come back to? It blows me away even more. It connects more dots. How can I give it a chance if I don't apply it to my life? If I don't give it a shot and get into the Word to see what it really does? As soon as you dive in, boy, it will start cutting. Am I right about it? So at the end of the verse, and I'm just about done. Thank you for your patience. Salt is good. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? And here is the last thought. Have salt in yourselves. And when you have salt in yourselves, look at what happens. And have peace with one another. Do we have the mind frame to be last, brethren? To be a servant to all, beloved. To be insignificant. What about that one? It doesn't matter if you see if I did it or not. It doesn't matter if I get the shine on that. It doesn't matter if I get the pat on my back. Because you know what? Guess who saw me doing it? Guess who saw me doing it? Now here's the question. How much do you love Jesus? Because that's going to determine the way you feel about these things. I'm not going to lie about it. One time I wanted to be significant. I wanted to be the best basketball and the best football player that you ever saw. I wanted you to talk about me all the time. I wanted to be referred to as the GOAT. Not even close to that. Not even close. A lot of failures in my life didn't even give me a chance to even get close to that. 
But it don't matter. It don't matter. Because you know what? I'm significant to somebody. And his name is Jesus. Now that'll move you. Are we humble? Are we ready to give to others? Brethren, are we watchful for each other? Are we careful how we act around each other? How we stand up for each other? Brethren, are we standing up for each other? I watched a movie and I saw uh, this little uh, brother and a big brother and they were, you know, they fought all the time and then they were out in the uh, playground playing and, and this one little boy was picking on the younger one and all of a sudden here comes the big brother. Hey man, you better leave my little brother alone. You see the picture uh, of the younger brother and he's just looking at his older one. He's just smiling. I thought he hated me. <laughs> Look at what he did for me. You want to know how close that relationship became? Are we standing up for each other, brethren? Are we considerate for our others' needs? Are we praying and striving to help with struggles in their life? Or are we here today knowing that there are some things that need to be cut off? There are some things in our lives that need to be cut completely off. Jesus made a very simple point. Hell, brethren, it ain't worth it. Sin ain't worth it. Because you know what you get when you live that way? You get an eternity of unquenchable fire. Man, that's... Living a life for sin isn't worth it, but living a life for Jesus, oh man, glory, hallelujah, praise Jesus, come on. Maranatha, Jesus is better than fornication now. Jesus is better than adultery now. Jesus is better than gossip now. Jesus is better than malice and backbiting, nor any other thing now. That is sinful. Jesus is way better. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you. Paul says, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Which is your reasonable service. How is our sacrifice to the Lord, brethren? Does it have the right flavor? You know, I studied this out. God likes flavor. <laughs> A little bit of salt. Just the right amount. When we present our sacrifices to the king, how is it seasoned? With salt that has flavor? Or with salt that's lost its taste? I can't answer that question for you. I can answer it for myself. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to do a better job. I want my flavoring to be just right. I want them to say, yeah, that's it. That's the one right there. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. I appreciate everyone being here. 
Man, what a blessing you are to me. I appreciate the elders allowing me to have time off from time to time. But boy, I'm so excited to stand before you guys. I'm so excited to unveil this hope that I got within me. Because you know what? It is absolutely worth it. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Jesus said, he who believes in me and is baptized will be saved. If you're not here, if you're here today and you are not a Christian, don't miss that opportunity. It's what a celebration. If you need prayers, if you need to render obedience to the gospel, right now is your chance as we stand and as we sing. Amen.